Hey, as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. Let's go to Edinburgh PD and our police chief is Jaime Ayala. In the news of late, a new mental health unit going to help officers try to quell situations, try to de-escalate situations. Chief, we appreciate your time today. So what can you tell us about this new mental health unit? How many officers? What type of training? What can you tell us, chief? Well, I'll tell you that uh, a little over a year ago, Tropical Texas approached us and asked us uh, about partnering on a grant that they wanted to apply for. And our uh, mayor and council supported the commitment, uh, and they were awarded uh, one of 12 grants nationwide from the uh, Substance Abuse Health, uh, Mental Health uh, Association of $3 million over four years. And that grant is going to cover three police officers in Edinburgh that will be trained as mental health uh, certified peace officers and three mental health professionals. They will team up together and be able to, to go out into the community and do home visits, uh, address mental health calls for service, try to reduce uh, anybody who's in crisis due to mental health. Uh, and it's also gonna pay for half of an analyst to help pull data and collect data so that we can better serve the citizens of Edinburgh. And this is particularly very, very rewarding for our community because as we see across the country, not only in the Rio Grande Valley, mental health issues are on the rise. And mental health is of great concern, not only related to crime, but related to the well-being of those who live in, in our community. So we're going to be able to create this unit and service our community at a much higher level. Ballpark figure, Chief, I know we can't deal with specifics, but just what does your gut tell you? Out of 10 calls, how many of those would involve a situation that is uniquely a mental health situation? You know, it's it's hard to give you a, a percentage out of 10, you know, was a 20, 30 percent. But I will tell you that every day, every single day, we are dealing with mental health calls, mental health warrants people in need of mental health services and whether it's somebody that's dealing with a substance abuse issue that has now committed a theft or a burglary uh, many uh, way too often is mental health an underlying issue and so this is going to really help us you know we can't arrest ourselves out of any type of crime problem we really need to address it as at, at its core and mental health is one of those as well as substance abuse that it's at its core and we're really hoping that, that having this emphasis in Edinburgh is going to help us. Edinburgh Police Chief Jaime Ayala, our guest. Chief, Tim Sullivan here. Um, following up on that question, how do you know what sort of calls to send this uh, specifically trained mental health unit to? Well, when the call comes in and the information we receive from the, the, from the caller uh, gives us any indication that they have suffered from mental health in the past, or that their behavior is erratic and currently uh, of mental 
health concern, then we will not only be able to dispatch our primary unit, but a mental health police officer and a mental health professional to really take over and handle that call and avoid any type of arrest if possible, mm-hmm. be able to de-escalate a situation if, if it's becoming one that is leaning towards violence. Uh, and so they're going to be out and about. We're going to try to have seven-day coverage with these three teams. Obviously, we can't be out there 24-7 with just three teams, but we're going to be present, and we're going to be engaged with, uh, with our mental health professionals with Tropical Texas uh, to try to reduce uh, calls for service related to mental health crisis and de-escalate and avoid any type of force encounters. Once on the scene, what is the, the officers and the, and the mental health professionals, what's their first task? Well, to, to, to really to, to, to get a hold and control of what is happening. If it's a disturbance uh, and people are, are, are at a heightened level of, of, uh, of anger or concern, then it is to de-escalate what is occurring to determine, okay, what do we have, what's happening, do we have a criminal offense, or do we have somebody who is suffering from a substance abuse problem or a mental health issue, and then how can we deal with that specific problem? If there's no criminal offense that we're having to, to address and it's a mental health, then our mental health police officer and mental health professional will be able to take over that uh, and free up our police officers to go back uh, on patrol. And so anytime you get on the scene of a call, the information coming in from the caller is evaluated to determine the number of officers that we might need to send and what type of situation that we may be dealing with. Assess and de-escalate, basically. That, that's the that's yes, sir. The, yeah. What Talk about the training. What sort of training uh, have these officers now in, in this new mental health unit? What sort of training have they had to undergo to be part of the unit? So the unit will, will be uh, created and established uh, in October. That's when the grant takes effect. We already have a number of mental health certified peace officers. They go to a 40-hour block that the uh, Texas Commission on Law Enforcement uh, uh, has out there as, as, a, as core training for, uh, for mental health. And then there's continuing education beyond that. Mm. So in the mental health uh, certification, they, they, they learn to recognize uh, mental health issues. They learn uh, about the mental health issues. They learn about the resources available to address uh, mental health concerns. Uh, and after they get the certification, then we will continue, you know, to, to, to work alongside the mental health professional and continue the training. Police Chief Jaime Ayala for the City of Edinburgh is our guest. And real quick, Chief, a mention, if you could explain to us what this Operation Slowdown is. I know there's been a recent increase in the number of accidents, fatalities in the region, not only Edinburgh, but here in Hidalgo County, Hidalgo County, seems to have their effort. You have an effort. So uh, just the um, brief explanation, what is, what is this Operation Slowdown, and what do you hope to achieve? I think from the overall perspective, we want drivers to not be distracted, to not be impaired, and to, to keep their eyes on the road. Look out for pedestrians, look out for motorcyclists, uh, just focus on driving. And, and speed is one uh, causative factor to the crashes that we're seeing. Driver inattention and distracted driving is another causative factor. And then, of course, impaired driving is, is another uh, factor. And in, in Edinburgh, we have made a number of DWI arrests. This year, to date, we have uh, five fatality crashes midway, when last year we had three fatality crashes all year. And four of those happened in a matter of 30 days. 
two motorcyclists, one construction worker on the highway, and one uh, pedestrian uh, crossing the street. And so I, I believe that we can uh, uh, reduce and avoid these type of serious bodily injury, fatal crashes, if we can emphasize through public education, having our, our vehicle drivers slow down, pay attention, focus on driving. Driving is a very important part of what you do when you're in a car and you can't be distracted on your phone or on any other devices uh, that are going to that are going to put you in a position that you might you might hurt somebody else which could have some criminal criminal factors attributed to that. Chief, thank you for the information. We'll call again. Appreciate the time, Chief. Edinburgh Police Chief Jaime Ayala. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. This is the morning news on News Talk 710KURV, your station for Houston Astros play-by-play. The Astros are now one game behind the Texas Rangers, and they host the Rangers tonight. Pre-game 640. Go Astros! are going for the sweep against the Rangers. Astros baseball on 710KURV, made possible by Riverside Development Services, FNT Valley Motorsports, and in case the AC is on the blink, you got to call the Tex in pink at Hess Air. We head over to Precinct 4, Hidalgo County, our Commissioner Ellie Torres joining us. And Commissioner, welcome to the program. I understand a few days back, uh, y'all were moving some dirt on an extension, another portion, I believe, of the floodway that will eventually move a lot of flood water away from Hidalgo County, try to head that over to the coast. So what can you tell us about that, that new extension, that a new project for the floodway? Well, good morning, and thank you so much for having me on here. Um, that, that extension is actually on the north main drain, which is one of the drainage systems that we have that will help uh, uh, drain water out, out to the Laguna Madre for residents of Hidalgo County. 70% of our residents uh, of Hidalgo County drain into what we refer to as the, the main drain. There is a portion that's to the south, there's a portion that's to the north. Uh, this extension that we celebrated on Friday is actually um, uh, the widening of the north main drain. Uh, that comes through some earmarked money that was awarded to Hidalgo County and Precinct 4 and, and uh, our drainage district by Congressman Vicente Gonzalez. And so we uh, celebrated the groundbreaking of the start of something that's really, really beneficial to all our residents yeah. uh, in Hidalgo County. That specific project, how big is it? How many feet or, or miles is it? How, how wide is it? Do you know? Well, that that project actually is going to be expanded uh, approximately about three and a half miles. 
uh, and we are going to be uh, tripling actually its size. Right now, it it uh, I don't know the exact uh, uh, how wide it is, but uh-huh. approximately I'm going to say about a hundred feet, and we're going to take that to about three hundred feet wide. So you're talking about going like from a two lane, like I like I like to refer to it as a water highway. Yeah. to like a six-lane water highway. So that's going to really make a difference. And we're not stopping there. You know, our goal yeah. is to chip away at the expansion of this main drain because, like I mentioned, 70% of Hidalgo County residents actually drain into this uh, uh, flood channel. And so um, it's a little outdated. It was uh, built back in the 1970s, and quite frankly, it hasn't wow. been expanded since yeah. then. And so we're we're going to be chipping away at that uh, and, and whitening it. How long is the project going to take again? Uh, that one specifically? This, it'll take about 180 days. We we okay. are hoping that by January it'll be complete. That's and that is, good. of course, just those first three and a half miles. Yeah. Well, it sure would be nice to need something like this because it's been so dry of late. But uh, in case we need it in the future, uh, it'll, it'll be there for us. So joining us our commissioner for Precinct for Hidalgo County, Eli Torres. Yeah, commissioner Tim Sullivan here. And, and this is just, from what I understand, the latest in a series of drainage improvements that have taken place in Precinct 4. Can you kind of review the previous projects that have taken place since you've been elected? Oh, definitely. Actually, uh, I can tell you that in just in Precinct 4 alone, we have well over 40 projects that we've uh, uh, either completed, we've uh, uh, funded uh, and allocated money to, to the projects. Uh, we do have several uh, expansions that we've already done to, to some of that main drain that I was talking about. Uh, let me just uh, highlight that uh, we did expand about six miles to the, to the south main drain that, of course, runs from the south side of, of our, our county, the McAllen area. It, it receives water from Mission in the McAllen area. And we expanded six miles of that, and that started on McCall and Canton, approximately, and it went all the way to the expressway, and then it went on over to the other side of the expressway and continued its expansion from, if you can kind of envision where Walmart is at, all the way to Alamo Road. And that was a total of six miles at a, at a price tag at a, of about maybe 2.2 to $2.5 million a mile. Uh, we did bring a lot of savings to our taxpayers in that we did um, design that in-house with our Hidalgo County Drainage District. Uh, they did do the design for that, and so therefore the, the cost was as, as of the construction of that. So that was expansion of the South Main Drain, which is really, really important. Again, taking that from, you know, uh, to its triple its capacity. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we've, we are chipping away at our North Main Drain. Uh, and I say we because it's not just myself putting in the efforts, but we also have efforts coming in from Precinct 1. They received about $20 million from the Texas General Land Office, and so they're expanding about nine miles coming coming upward uh, from Precinct 1 towards uh, Precinct 4 and widening nine miles of, of that main drain as well. Uh, there, and, and with the opportunity that we had with the American Rescue Plan Act, um, there was a, 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 we could use some of that money for stormwater management, and therefore we took advantage of that in Precinct 4. We've designated 11 uh, drainage projects, and two of those projects actually continue the expansion of the North Main Drain, mm. which we just talked about that we uh, had a groundbreaking 
uh, with the congressman's earmark money mm-hmm. uh, to, to expand that. We have another two segments through the ARPA uh, funding uh, to expand another uh, close to two and a half miles on that. Of course, then we have our 2023 bond uh, election that we just got approved. And with, within that, we have another approximately 60 miles that we're going to continue to expand this main drain. Wow. That is Good to all see all this money expensive. coming into into the county, Precinct 4, Precinct 1. Yes. Eli Torres, or Hidalgo County Precinct 4 Commission. And Commissioner, what areas are you focusing on helping? Where are you mostly trying to get the floodwaters out of? Is it the areas north of Edinburgh, you know, Fayesville, Hargill, or are you, are you focusing on the neighborhoods in Edinburgh proper? Actually, I'll tell you what, I'm focusing on an entire Hidalgo County because this is the main drain. This is where 70% of all residents uh, drain into residents from Mission, from La Jolla, from from Edinburgh, from McAllen, from Far, uh, you know, Wesico. A lot of these uh, cities drain into the main drain. Like I mentioned earlier, 70% of Hidalgo County drains into the main drain. Uh, it happens to run through Precinct 4 and Precinct 1. Uh, however, we all, you know, 70% of us drain into that system. So, even though it exists in Precinct 4 and Precinct 1, it benefits so many more residents than just those that live in Precinct 4 and Precinct 1. So um, yeah. that's why all, you know, there's so much effort being made to expand this, this, uh, this system. And as we continue this impressive growth here in the area, Hidalgo County, the Rio Grande Valley, uh, all these people moving to the area, all these neighborhoods that are popping up le- left and right, all that is being taken into consideration as... These neighborhoods are being built, uh, all these homes being constructed in the area, rather far away enough, and also feeding into that, uh, hopefully, the, the optimum floodway system that we will develop, uh, fully develop in the, in the near future. That is correct. You know, as we have growth uh, in Hidalgo County, as our land that was once a vacant land, it, was, it could serve as a sponge and could absorb water as it, as it came down, rainwater, stormwaters is now being covered with rooftops, with roads, <laughs> with driveways, creating more runoff water that is going to run, 70% of it is going to run into that main flood channel. And if we don't expand that, it, it's it's you know not going to be able to, yeah, to take to, in all that excess water. So that, those are the efforts that we're, being, uh, that we're making right, right now. Ellie, uh, before we let you go, just real quick, just a few seconds. When do we reach... Uh, I know this piecemeal effort to try to expand this floodway, this massive floodway. Um, when do we reach optimum expansion where we say, okay, we're done. Uh, we are at the maximum size we can do this this floodway. Any, any guess to that? Uh, actually, I don't think we'll ever uh, have an opportunity to stop efforts to expand that because, quite frankly, as we grow, we always have to be thinking expansion. Right now, we're just playing capacity. catch-up. Actually, oh. we're playing catch-up, but... Yeah. Um, there's another drain that we are actually trying to get uh, funding for, and that's the Raymond Raymondville drain. Yes, indeed. Because, yes. All right. What a massive project that is. Yeah, and Willis County. Yes. Thank you, Commissioner, for your time. Eli Torres, a Precinct 4 Commissioner for Hidalgo County.
Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. We mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news on News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have an active shooter, multiple gunshots. In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. This is News Talk 710-KURV, this radio station, exclusive play-by-play home for Houston Astros baseball. Thank you to our many supporters, including FNT Valley Motorsports and Riverside Development Services and also Pass Air. News Talk 710-KURV is your go-to radio station in the Valley. In the event we get some hurricane tropical system headed this way, you want to stay up to speed on all the conversations from emergency management, the county, cities, all that. Tropical coverage 2023 on the radio, 710-KURV. Also online, Facebook, Twitter, our website, made possible by McAfee Insurance and Mike's Plumbing, Electrical, and AC. As I mentioned earlier, it's a mini Olympics for the state of Texas, and it's a big economic impact for Brownsville and the Rio Grande Valley. Helen Damitas, our city manager from Brownsville, joining us. Okay, Helen, so these games of Texas, tell people what, what all that is about and what's the... Uh, how big is the contingent here, folks that are visiting South Texas? Sure. Uh, today is marks the first day of the Games Texas. The city competed to host this competition for 2023 and 2024 and were successful. We have about 6,000 amateur athletes because this is hosted in association with the Texas uh, Athlet- Amateur Athletic Federation, so known as TAF. And so we have about you know 6,000 athletes and about... 20,000 people um, that have already descended upon our hotels. We have, you know, zero occupancy, so much so that we've had to um, bring in South Padre Island and the Harlingen Convention Bureau to help with so many requests for hotel rooms. So we're super excited. Man, that's that's a lot of people at one time. And that's good to see. Uh, And we've done the games of Texas before. I know uh, the McAllen area had it a, a few years back. But to have all these hotel rooms with all these visitors, good stuff. Now, how far how far west did we need to book hotels, do you know? Did, did we have to go all the way past Harlingen, go to Westaco, go to McAllen maybe to, to book some hotels to house these folks? And you know, po- yes, po- possibly. Um, I, I know that we had to book room blocks before, and most of those room, room blocks were near um, Brownsville because the kids have to drive here, right? They have mm-hmm. different competitions. Uh, there's 12 sports that um, the most popular being track and field and swimming. So they did have to get keep as close to Brownsville as possible. So I would imagine most are in and around town or within 30 minutes driving. And tell us about the facilities that are being used. You mentioned swimming. We need like a, probably an Olympic-sized pool for that track and field. So where is everything taking place? So it's in and around the city. Um, So we have the Veterans Memorial High School has great track and field um, facilities. So most of the, which is the largest sport in addition to swimming here, um, we have a a sports, indoor sports center as well. So, and 
also the cool stuff is the event center that we have right in front of um, our Paredes line is going to have a boxing ring. So we'll have from baseball to boxing, golf, um, pickleball, skateboarding, soccer, swimming, tennis, and track and field. So about 12 different sports, and we're, we're super excited because people will be coming and going. And we have a beautiful opening ceremony. Everybody's invited. It's free. Um, it's going to be on Friday, or so tomorrow, um, from 7 to 9 p.m. And we're going to have fireworks and uh, a parade of athletes. And Avello Airlines is giving away um, round-trip direct tickets to Orlando, Florida, um, to, to for our family of four, in addition to Disney World tickets. Yeah. So everyone's invited from the Valley to come on down. This is a regional event. Helen Ramirez, our city manager for Brownsville, joining us. Yeah, Mr. Ramirez, Tim Sullivan here. Boy, it sounds like, uh, sounds like Brownsville is doing it upright. How, how was Brownsville selected in the first place for, for these games? Yes, yeah, so in 2018, um, CAF um, sends out some sort of competition, and we, we submitted the best competition and won. I mean, there's, a, I think, a $40,000 commitment at that point. But we, with the Brownsville Community Improvement Corporation, which are economic type B corporations, submitted the application and were successful. So we've demonstrated that our facilities are, you know, are exceptional and that we, with Brownsville ISD, can really host this wonderful event. And really, it's all about a community. This is not just done by one community partner. We have our nonprofits, our restaurant community, you know, our, you know, all our city of Brownsville, many of our city of Brownsville employees, they're all volunteering and just just a celebration of, of great sports. And you know what's fun about this is that we have people competing from four years old to 80 years old, and yeah. we also have our future Olympians. Wow. Yeah, I was going to ask. I know you mentioned about six to 7,000 amateur athletes. Where, where are they coming from and, and the ages? That's quite an age range. <laughs> sure. A lot of them are coming from our region, region two, which is our region, the McAllen, Edinburgh, Brownsville region, which is great because rather than them having traveling, you know, to central or north, um, they're here in their, in their hometown, in their region. And um, so they're very strong in, in track and field. And we also come from central Texas and north Texas. So really all over the state of Texas, they've been coming. Um, and so we're really excited about, about that, their opportunity to does shine. It, does it go international? Any folks from northern Mexico come in for this? Um, you know, there may be, but you do have to be, I think, in state or some sort of resident from the state of Texas to uh, to compete. But, you know, we had a wonderful outfit yesterday. We had a, a press conference and he said, you know, um, talking about age, he's 31 years old. He's like, I've already topped out, topped out on every um, association I can play with locally and regionally. The fact that I have can compete with the other Texans in the state is to him was a gift. So just the, you know, the fact that we're bringing so much happiness and, and good competition, right? We all learn from sports, right? To win, yes. to lose. And, and, you know, the blood, sweat and tears of good competition. Yeah. At age 31, what would be the sport? Like uh, what Frisbee golf or what, what'd you say? Pickleball? Well, what, what is his sport? It was, it was it was uh, flag football. The flag. Oh, there yeah. we go. That's uh, that's another one. Helen, uh, dollar figure. What's the yeah. estimated economic impact from this? 
you're going to have to interview me in a month and I'll let you know <laughs> okay. because we're tracking. <laughs> That's uh, when we get the sales tracks numbers, but gotcha. out of the park. We're going to knock it out of the park. Yeah. I would imagine you probably have a, a good ballpark, uh, no pun intended, ballpark uh, guess what it might be since McAllen had the games a, a few years ago. But, uh, again, we'll we'll tally those up. It's all going to show up, like you said, in the uh, sales tax figures. Helen Ramirez or city manager for Brownsville. Games of Texas now underway. How many days is the games, Helen? So it's the 27th, so today till the 30th. Okay. Everyone's invited in the Valley, and go to gamesoftexas.com, and you'll see all the fun events. And just bring your families. Enjoy. You're able to be spectators of these sports. Helen, this is the first time we get you on the radio. Post, huge announcement on LNG, liquefied natural gas, and the $18.5 billion massive investment to our community, the 5,000 construction jobs on the way. I would imagine that over at the EDC office, you're probably getting reports of the phone likely ringing off the hook. I would expect that. That plus, of course, Elon Musk down the street, our neighbor, uh, with all the aerospace that stuff that he's doing. I would imagine these are very, very busy times at EDC. Want to get your reaction. Absolutely. Today we're hosting Duncan Wood, which is the Vice President of Strategy and New Initiatives at the Wilson Center. And he's going to talk about supply chain policy and, and the energy and the geopolitics. He's very a renowned speaker on energy. So he'll be here at, at Texas Southwest College with us at two o'clock to really, I mean, this actually is at noon, to really speak about you know, um, the, the economy of the energy field and the fact that, yes, there's a lot going on right now. Um, the city is preparing not only in looking at, you know, workforce housing ordinances to improving our intelligent transportation corridors so that we can get employees in and out of the port of Brownsville and also in a, in a great living and working conditions and also ensuring that we're going to have a coffee, careers and coffee fair. We have job fairs every year. Uh, so this one will be in September, and that's hosted in coordination with our Greater Brownsville and Sundance Corporation. So, yes, I mean, we're very busy, but we're very excited um, to be at the forefront of, you know, the energy sector with the LNGs, um, the space sector with uh, SpaceX. And just in the technology with BTX fiber lines that we are, were putting in throughout the community. Helen, thank you for your time today. Helen Ramirez, our city manager for our city of Brownsville. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710 KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710 KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. In Hidalgo County, Judge Richard Cortez plowing forward with his prosperity tax task force, bringing in folks from different sectors of the economy, from education, 
the business, finance, and some of the groups that are helping in the developing communities. Among the voices participating is Unite Us. Mayra Rodriguez is with Unite Us. And let's start there. What does your organization do, Myra? Yes, hello. Um, thank you for having me. Um, yes, Unite Us um, is a uh, technology-based uh, platform. And what we're doing is we're working towards helping organizations such as the Prosperity Task Force to efficiently connect people to services. And, um, you know, we I cover all of Texas. Um, I myself, I'm the community engagement manager for the South Texas region. And so what I'm working towards is, is growing the network down here in the RGD and partnering with the right health and social care organizations, coalitions, and advisory committees, because all of them are working towards improving health equity, each one of them in their own way, like I said, like the Prosperity Task Force um, here in the RGB. And so um, I, I want to say each community has its own assets, its, its challenges and solutions, but all of them share that common goal, again, uh, to efficiently connect people to services. And so uh, my mission is to, is to connect them all together okay. and empower them to, to reach that goal. I was told, um, I don't think the words were used specific, but I, I was led to believe that uh, Unite Us and the connection between agencies and people who need to receive services and government and maybe even education and business to to connect everyone uh, in, in real time, that would be a game changer. Would you be able to provide an example of how Unite Us would help make a difference either in an agency or with someone who needs to needs to advance and get more education or get some training, things like that? Absolutely, yes. United is uh, pretty much bringing together all of these different types of agencies to make sure that people in the community do get help. And so an example would be is when, let's say, a client walks into Workforce Solutions, right? They've, they've lost their job. Maybe they're having a hard time finding another one. And so... Uh, you know, if this person is having a hard time finding a job, they're probably going to have some additional needs, right? Um, that could probably be that the fact that they're maybe they're having a hard time paying rent, utilities, or even putting food on the table. Okay. So Workforce Solutions can actually screen for these additional needs. They can log into Unitas and they can search for those local organizations that provide these services. And then what they can do is they can send a referral for all of those needs, all of those three needs, rent, utilities, and food assistance, all at the same time. So they're going to connect this individual to much-needed services in a very timely manner. And then those organizations are going to follow up on the referral and reach out to the client, pretty much kind of taking the burden off of the client and setting them up and enrolling them in the programs that they need to be successful. So all along, Workforce Solutions is, is going to be able to get those updates um, in real time on our platform. They're okay. going to be able to know that the referral was accepted, you know, that the case is being worked on, and that there is indeed an outcome that that person is getting help. With Unitas' new communication platform for the area, Mayra Rodriguez is joining us. Would Workforce, as an example that you provided, would Workforce Solution be the only one taking the lead as in this, what sounds to me like a social worker uh, type of service where uh, someone at workforce uh, could have access, immediate access to that clearinghouse of information to, to check 
all the all the boxes and make sure that this individual doesn't you know they take all these distractions off the individual's back to push this individual forward toward a certain type of training or maybe employment is workforce the only agency or do you see this being applied at for example STC uh, South Texas College or some other institution that's participating uh, in this program to help bring transition people from poverty and low skills toward skills attainment and job attainment? Yes, sir. Um, it's actually, it takes a lot of organizations working together um, to be able to make sure that the community as a whole is being able to uh, get the health outcomes that they need to improve health equity. Uh, so that means that all types of organizations are welcome to join a platform, and they actually already have been doing this. Here in the RGV, we've been doing it since 2018, but we've been doing it for a specific uh, a population, which was a veterans population. Now okay. we've opened it up to everybody and anybody. So we're talking about community health clinics, um, the higher education institutions, food banks, churches, even the school districts, if they have a social... There we um, go. Uh, a case case manager, right? So if they have anybody on who is a, a, a case manager who's trying to connect their clients to services, they can go ahead and sign up for United and join us. There we go. So, so I would say the Salvation Army, Mujeres Unidas, as an example mm-hmm. of other organizations, right, that could tap into this network and, and put somebody on a pipeline towards, towards success, right? Self-sufficiency, yes. right? Okay. Yes, absolutely. We have uh, plenty of nonprofits on, but we need more and more because the more and more agencies that are working together on this platform, then the closer we come to creating a no wrong door approach. And that means that no matter where somebody from the community goes, if it's the food bank or the housing authority or community health clinic or nonprofit, they're going to be able to get connected to services no matter what. Well, keep us posted on your developing success in in this area and uh, what's being talked about over at the Prosperity Task Force. Myra, it's a pleasure. We'll keep in touch with Unite Us, Maida Rodriguez. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Taking my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands, your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. The time's 1041, the Sergio Show, the Sergio Show on 710 KURV. Big thanks to our supporters. Lone Star National Bank, thank you to South Texas Buick GMC. Heads up, mom and dad. Especially if you recently brought into the world a little a preemie. Precious little one. I love you. The Food and Drug Administration has approved uh, an injectable drug. I hope I say it right. Bay Fortis uh, antibody binds to the RSV thing and prevents it. It will stop it from infecting cells. Good news. Dr. Roberto Ayers is um, a dear friend, family friend, because he helped me with Elam years ago when he just came into the world with, with cystic fibrosis. Dr. Ayers is a 
pediatric pulmonologist. Uh, let's start with RSV, Doc. What is it and why is RSV, you know, for adults it's nothing really, just like a cold, maybe a runny nose, but like for preemies and for babies, why is RSV so dangerous? RSV is a respiratory virus. Uh, good morning. Morning, brother. Everybody. Yes. Uh, <laughs> RSV is a respiratory virus and as such enters through the nose and then goes down to the lower airways. So in the nose causes inflammation, swelling, you can't breathe, nose is stuffed up, decretions, mucus, and it does the same thing in the lower airways, in the bronchi and the lungs. The bronchi get swollen and difficult to breathe, wheezing, and the phlegm, so it causes a lot of cough. The danger is when these lower airways get so swollen that air can't go through it easily. So babies have a lot of trouble breathing in and breathing out. And this causes uh, this difficulty breathing, causes low on oxygen. And of course, when you can't breathe, there's always the risk of death. Yeah. So that's why this RSV virus is so dangerous, especially in babies, because their airways are, are so small, they are easier to obstruct. Yeah, and for um, under, underdeveloped lungs like preemies or um, other sensitive lungs like cystic fibrosis lungs, yeah, that, that would definitely be an issue. How... Potentially, how, de- how deadly is RSV in the most vulnerable ones, the little ones? It, it, is, it is in the little ones and the premature babies and babies who have other diseases like cystic fibrosis or, co- or congenital heart disease. Oh. It can be deadly. Uh, we haven't seen such mortality uh, lately because we developed a, well, AstraZeneca developed this uh, immune globulin called palivizumab, synergies about 20 or something years ago. And we've been giving it to the vulnerable babies, so we haven't seen the mortality that we used to see uh, 20, 30 years ago. Is Synergis uh, almost identical to this Bayfortis that is in the news? Is it an antibody? It binds the virus, prevents it from spreading and infecting other cells? What is what is Synergis? Does, can you compare these, these two? The, 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 it works the same way. It is an antibody, and it, it binds to the to the to the certain sectors of the virus. So the virus, so the virus, is attacked by an antibody. Basically, uh, this antibody uh, circulates in the in, in our system and the baby system for about three to five weeks, um, a medium of four weeks. The difference with nirsevimab uh, is that the new this new by Fortis uh, medication is that nirsevimab uh, you get good levels even 150 days later. So we're talking about uh, four to five months later, the baby is still protected. That is the big difference. When I brought Elam to you, I mean, I don't remember, Doc. I remember he got, I remember he received that synergist shot. Was it, did we do that as a prophylactic to ward off or did we do it as a reaction because we we found that he had RSV in his nose? Do you remember or how, did, how is it applied? Yes, yes, it is. It is as a, as a prophylactic, and that's why many people call it a vaccine. It's not a vaccine. <laughs> yes. You know, vaccines act by eliciting an immune response, right? I give you a piece of a virus or a dead virus or attenuated virus, and our body produces the antibodies, right? The synergist is the antibody already made up. 
and the nisirvimab they pay for this is similar. It's an antibody already made up in the laboratory. So it protects the baby as if the baby had already made the antibodies against the virus. Okay, so it's another tool in the arsenal to protect babies from RSV. Are you now the valley's growing really quick, Doc, and I know that you know, they keep telling me over at DHR that every single month we're birthing the the size of another elementary school just in the the DHR system alone. Have you seen a, a dramatic increase in business at your office as a as a pediatrician dealing with lungs? It's it's been very rough this past year. We had so many viruses circulating Last summer, we did not have a rest. Usually during the summer, uh, kids do not get sick because they're not in school, et cetera. But last summer, we had a lot of uh, uh, RSV, a lot of parainfluenza, influenza, and then we went into the winter. We still had a lot of parainfluenza, influenza, and RSV. It was really rough because we did not get a rest. Uh, it's, it's been, yes, we've seen an increase in business in terms of a number of patients, number of referrals. It's been very, very hard. And uh, the, the, this this uh, new vaccine or this new uh, medication is good because it's only going to be one injection for the whole season as opposed to five injections for the whole season. With that new big, tall Driscoll Tower that's popping up as partnering there on the property of DHR, I would imagine that they're, them going online next year is a timely arrival to provide a bunch of new specialties for, for babies and for kiddos in South Texas, knowing that we have a, a very young population. We need it. We, we have needed this kind of uh, activity for a long, long yeah. time. Driscoll has, has partnered uh, with, uh, with other people and with the pediatricians in the area and uh, with All Renaissance. Right. The idea is to, to bring the specialties that we don't have, enhance the ones we have. It's going to be fantastic to have a hospital dedicated to children because the numbers keep going up. We are a very young population here in the Valley. So you got the synergist and you do have this Bay Fortis, if I call it right. You do have there some of that in the refrigerator too, there at your office? No, no, we don't have the Bay Fortis yet. We're still waiting for the for the for the uh, CDC to determine who is going to be uh, uh, going to who's going to receive it. Okay. Uh, the the uh, CDC and the American Academy of Pediatrics make the rules. Uh, it's approved for X population, and right now it's for any any infant, uh, a preterm and term. However, the CDC and the Academy of Pediatrics will determine if we are going to give it only to the preterm and heart disease babies, oh, or we're going to I give see. it to all preterms. They are, they are looking into that. All right. Amigo, thank you for um, taking our call today. I appreciate um, all your commentary and, and insight my, to this. My pleasure. Anytime. Be Anytime. safe. Anytime. Be safe, amigo. Dr. Roberto Ayres. He's uh, He works with babies, preemies, uh, and those precious little lungs. And we appreciate his time today. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710KURV. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV.
Hey, as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.